Welcome to Living With, a podcast about the stories and people behind Health Union. Health Union integrates the power of human connection and technology, uniting people in the shared experiences of life with chronic health conditions. I'm Emily Downward. Jesse Madrigal is a writer and an advocate for endometriosis.net. I had the opportunity to speak with her to hear how endometriosis has impacted her life and what she has learned through her experience of living with the condition. What is endometriosis? Well, endometriosis is a chronic illness, and um, I think the best way to picture it is, is like it's basically you've got scar tissue um, growing outside of the uterus and on different parts of the body. So it's basically mm-hmm. like having um, one of these climbing plants, so sticking onto the walls of your you know, body and sticking organs together. And, um, and it results in life-altering symptoms such as chronic pain, really bad chronic pain, heavy periods, um, vomiting, nausea when you have your period, um, mm-hmm. um, infertility. Um, it can affect, um, you get shooting leg pain, so it can affect also your the way you walk and the way you, you move. Chronic fatigue is another one. Um, and so it comes with all these symptoms, and but there really isn't that much of a, um, there isn't that much information on actually what causes it. Um, there's a lot of talk of an excess of estrogen mm-hmm. and, and hormonal imbalances. Um, there's also a theory that talks about genetics being involved, whether you have or you don't have endometriosis. And, uh, and it's, basically, it's basically a really painful condition. And it affects, I think the statistics are roughly around one in 10 women will suffer, are wow. suffering from endometriosis. Wow. That's, yeah. that's more common than I thought. It's really common. And there's a lot of people that um, don't, that live with it and they don't know they have it unless they have issues conceiving or they have some surgery later in their life, but they won't have any symptoms. So it doesn't get in the way. And so you're fine. Hmm. Um, but it, it really is really, really common. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you describe for me how your symptoms started? Well, um, my my symptoms started quite um, in a very fun fun way. Um, I was twelve when I got my first period, and I ended up in hospital. Oh, and it was basically I lost uh, I was losing an incredible amount of blood. I think it was my second or third day of of this first period when everything just went you know tits up. It went really really bad for me and. Uh, and suddenly, yeah, I was I was losing so much blood um, that my parents got obviously really scared, and so they took me to the ER um, to the hospital, mm-hmm. and I stayed there for three days. They gave me um, some um, hormonal meds, some contraceptive, um, to basically balance out to to sort of balance the hormones because. Uh, at the time, they they basically the doctors didn't really tell my parents anything, other than well, this can happen. Um, one of my aunts said that uh, uh, she had suffered from a similar thing when she had her first period, 
Mm. Uh, but other than that, there was no explanation. So I was just given, I think it was the pill for a month. And then after that, you know, that was it. And then during my teens, I basically suffered from really, really bad periods. So I would be in line in bed, um, just clenching all of my muscles, uh, digging mm. my nails into my thighs, into the pillow. And my parents completely at, at loss. They just did not know what to do. They didn't understand. And, uh, and it was like that for years. And I just got used to having bad periods. And then it wasn't until my late 20s that um, other symptoms came into play. And, uh, and so I would, I would have painful ovulation, but I went to the doctors and they will tell me that it's all stress. It's probably all stress. Um, and then eventually I lost the job of my dreams. I used to work in fashion. And I was a visual merchandiser, so it was very physical. And I was a personal stylist as well, so I had to move around a lot. And uh, But uh, um, during that job, I developed um, what I call my sexy limp. I developed a limp and then uh, and really bad back issues. So again, I spent, I think it was like 10 months having tests done, taken to, being taken to hospital, and at one point, a doctor even suggested operating, um, doing surgery on my spine. Oh, my God. And um, it just went on and on like that. I didn't have the surgery on my spine. My, my, my partner at the time said it, he thought it was crazy that that, that wasn't it. That can't be it. It's, you've, there's nothing wrong in your spine because they haven't found anything. And, um, and so I lost the job that I had. I just tried other jobs. Again, symptoms kept getting in the way. I would have really bad periods. I would suffer from really bad premenstrual syndrome, um, really bad. And, um, and then eventually, this was like three years ago, so in my 30s, um, I spoke to a friend about the issues I, I had. And I, you know, told her every, every one of my symptoms. And she turned around and she said, it sounds like you have what I have and I said what's that she says endometriosis and at the time I was like endo what I don't no clue what she was talking about so mm. I looked it up I found one article I think a newspaper article um and it listed all of the symptoms and I had every single one of those symptoms mm. so again I went to the doctors I had to honestly I, I had to get very upset and become really insistent with, with doctors. It got so bad at one point. One doctor was so dismissive of my symptoms that when I left the, the room, the nurse that was in the room with me as I left told me to go and, 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 and place a formal complaint wow. and find a different doctor. And so this just went on and on until a doctor agreed to, they were going to look at a polyp that I had. And he said, you know, fine, we'll look to see if you've got endometriosis. But it wasn't really like reassuring or telling me that I had endometriosis. And that's when they, they did this laparoscopy, which is basically the only way to really properly diagnose the illness. Mm. And they found that I had complex uh, endometriosis. So close to the worst kind of endometriosis. That, and, and I probably had been living with it for, well, close to... I guess, 18 years, close to two decades, yeah. Wow. Yes. Uh-huh. Can we talk about how women are often dismissed by doctors with excuses like, it's all in your head or it's just stress? Yes. Oh. I, 
if I had a dollar or a pound for every every time a doctor has said it's probably just stress, honestly, I, I, be, I would be making some serious money. It's 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 so funny. Like it's firstly, it's like the reason for everything. It's become this blanket kind of like theory. Like of course it's stressful. Yeah, they would ask me, "Are you stressed?" I said, "But of course I am." And you know, I need to pay bills or. You know, I almost missed the bus getting here. Like, well, stress defines stress. But, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. And the thing is that with regards to periods and period pain, I was educated and to, to believe by, by, you know, the older women in, in my life that, well, period is about having your period is about suffering. And it's mm. and of course, it's going to hurt. And, you know, yeah, maybe lie down for a bit or like my mom, my mom would tell me to run up and down the stairs. I'd be like, I just cannot do that. Oh <laughs> um, but you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very interesting thing. And, uh, and the problem is that a lot of women, that's why it takes an average. I think it's now of like eight years to get diagnosed. Mm-hmm. Um, because you are complaining. That is the main complaint. Unless they, they find they, unless you're trying to get pregnant and then they realize that you've got infertility issues, and then they'll say, oh, yeah, it's because of this illness. But if it's about your pain and, and, and the fact that your, your quality of life is being diminished and you're suffering, most of the time we're dismissed. We're sent home. We're given painkillers. Yeah. And, and that's it. Even, even me, I mean, I, I found a, a great specialist that performed surgery on me and gave me a lot of my life back. But they, they, they are still wired to talk about things like whether you're going to have a baby more than how much does it hurt and mm-hmm. how does the pain get in the way and nobody talks about that it's it's really odd so what advice would you give someone who th- suspects she may have endometriosis well the the most important i think the most powerful powerful thing i ever did was to have like a symptom diary sounds like a drag and a really boring thing to do <laughs> but it's like really useful because like that, you've got it written down on a piece of paper mm-hmm. and you can just, you know, especially if you put some bullet points, you can just repeat those things over and over until a doctor listens to you. That's what I did mm-hmm. because it's very easy to get emotional and you're, you may uh, encounter a lot of rejection when talking about your periods, as we've just discussed. Yeah. Um, so I would say the first thing is to look at what symptoms, what is happening and actually write it down. And then just prepare, be prepared to uh, be in, just insist a lot. Um, you're going to be dismissed a lot, but just keep going and keep going until you get a diagnosis. Don't settle for, it's probably just stress. Uh, don't settle for, just take these painkillers and come back in six months. You know, really, um, um, just really just keep repeating yourself and 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 do you also find out where good doctors or doctors that have a clue about what this illness is if you can that is also very important yeah. join one of the join a, 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 um, a forum online a community online um, talk to fellow patients or you know or anybody that may have a similar similar symptoms to yours um, you, 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 you have to be prepared to do a lot of work. You're going to do a lot of work and heavy lifting to get to where you want to get to, to get a diagnosis. Yeah. And that can be so hard when you're going through so much pain and 
fatigue, and all the other symptoms to then find the strength to keep standing up for yourself. That oh, be- gosh, yeah, yeah. Like, it really affects your mental health. I've written about this a lot. Um, there is a, you, you pay a massive price. Yeah. Um, there, there is obviously already the, the hormonal imbalance that plays um, a, a massive role in how you are feeling and your emotions. And that is a lot of fun. And then there's things like PMDD, which is what I have, which is an extreme form of PMS. And then there's, there's the toll that it just takes because uh, a chronic illness is, is with you. Mm-hmm. It's there every day. It's, it's not going to go away. You, you're going to be presented with different theories by different doctors. People are going to come up to you as soon as they know something about your illness. They'll tell you about, oh, my cousin took this and, and she's cured. Or oh, my, you know, I've had people tell me that it's all in your head and it's all about how you think about it. And if you, if you stop thinking about it, it will go away. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Honestly. And it was, and so you get, there is so much going on to, and then paired with the chronic fatigue, which is very real. It's mm-hmm. a very real thing. Um, so it is, it is, a, it's exhausting. Um, I mean, I, I don't know how women who are juggling a career, a family life, and then endometriosis. It's like all my, all, I mean, all my admiration, honestly, I don't know, because it, it is exhausting, yeah. Mm-hmm. What have you found that helps you cope with the emotional aspects of it? I developed a sense of humor about it. Um, that's what I do. I crack jokes about it a lot. Uh, I, cr- I crack jokes about myself a lot. Um, I don't. I don't celebrate having this illness. I don't think that um, I, I got it because I was supposed to get it or because I can cope with it. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm, I'm stronger than any other woman in, on the planet. Um, so I don't celebrate it. No way. You know, I could have so done without it, but now that it's with me and it's part of my life, well, I am going to really be quite humorous about it. I'm going to take the mickey out of it. I'm not going, you know, I'm going to make jokes and the way I write about it or the way I talk about it, it always has a bit of, um, I tried to have a laugh. It's such an embarrassing illness sometimes, Emily. Like it's, mm. it's the kind of thing where um, it's about blood, it's about bleeding, it's messy. Yeah. You know, if you're, if, you're, if you're dating, you're horrified and terrified to, to find that you stained the, you know, you know the, the the seat where you were sitting, or, or some or some friend's bed sheets, or you know your 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 in laws, the in laws you've just met, and you've just stained their brand new sofa. Like it can, you know, oh. your trousers. It's like it's a really embarrassing um, disease sometimes. So I try to lighten it up for myself, not for anybody else, but for me. Yeah, um, because I live with it every day. Um, I'm not fighting it. I'm not a fighter. I, I live my life despite this illness. I live with it. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How, so how is your daily life now affected by it? Well, um, the biggest thing is, is that I work from home. I had to um, sort of make that decision and, and, and build my career around working remotely. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, um, when my, when I've, when I've got periods, I lose weeks of my life mm-hmm. and I struggled with employers in the past, uh, trying to convince them that what I had was real, 
and that I probably needed to work part time or work remotely a few days of the week. It's always been very, very difficult to to get that and and to find uh, you know an, a boss that's flexible enough to allow you to to work in that way. Um, so I think that is the thing that is um, one of the things that are defined by my illness is that is is the fact that I work from home. So um, I also manage it um, through the diet. I changed my diet completely. Um, there is a theory that if you avoid foods that cause inflammation, then you are reducing the pain that you're suffering. Hmm. Um, and I do find that there is a connection. So if um, you know um, things like sugars, red meat, alcohol, gluten, dairy, coffee, anything that causes inflammation is going to cause more pain uh, for you. And uh, so I also did that, changed my diet. Um, I am a strong believer in exercise, even though I suffer from chronic fatigue quite badly. Um, I am currently planning to run the London Marathon, which is the silliest idea I've ever had. (laughs) It's absolutely nuts. And I don't know if I'll actually do it, but that's the thing. The idea is that I'm training for it. And if I can't, on, on the day of the marathon, I can't run it, well, then I won't run it. And that's fine. But running very slowly, I run super, super slowly, is very good for my mental health, for mm. all the anxiety that comes with this illness, and also as a um, as pain relief. I'm yeah. never in pain when I'm moving, when I'm exercising, I'm never in pain. Hmm. Um, yeah, I suffer all sorts of um, hip and because of the adhesions and where they're located. And, and since I had surgery, there may be or may not be more adhesions. We still don't know. Um, I do suffer um, from hip issues and back issues. and um, But whenever I'm running, they, they're gone. They're not there. Wow. Um, yoga also helps. Um, I, started, um, I started doing Pilates and yoga um, to fix that limp that I had, mm-hmm. which turned out was connected to my endometriosis. And, uh, and so that helped a lot with that. Wow. And um, what else do I do to manage? Uh, I mean, now I'm on, I'm on, a, on a specific uh, treatment um, that my specialist prescribed. And so I'm taking a particular kind of a, a hormonal-based medication. That's what I'm on right now. So that right now I am not having any periods. The idea is to not have any periods. And for years, I was very um, reluctant to take any sort of hormonal medication. Um, and I wanted to be as, as um, uh, sort of as I wanted to approach um, all of my symptoms naturally. But I, I just lose weeks of my life when I get my period. It's that bad. Um, so now the objective is to try and not have periods. I don't know how long I can do th- this for. I still don't know how my body is going to um, cope with it. Yeah. Um, but that's what I'm trying right now. Mm-hmm. You've talked a lot about how the changes you've made. How has living with this, or what has it taught you about yourself? How have you have you changed as a, as an individual? Um, I think the biggest thing was learning to put myself first. 
Hmm. I've always been a person. I've always been a carer. I've always, I've always um, worried more about other people and put other people's needs before myself. And I struggled with that a lot when symptoms when symptoms started getting really really bad. I um, I struggled a lot with how I how guilty I felt. Um, I had a couple of of experiences where people that I loved and respected were reacted in in a very bad way to my symptoms because I ruined plans and I couldn't be as sociable as they wanted me to be. And, and so that caused me a lot of pain and and distress. But um, over time, I've learned to listen to myself, listen to what my body is telling me and um, and just stop making sacrifices for other people if my body is telling me no. Yeah. If if my body, there's always there, there are always warnings. There's always uh, like there's an off feeling. You know that you know something is going to happen. Like either your you know your energy is suddenly going to just just disappear, go down to zero, or you're going to get a you know some acute form of pain that's just you know you know that there is something there. You know that you're not one hundred percent. 100% and um and um and it's no it's it's foreseeing that whereas I used to be more reactive to that and and not be proactive to that so I would be like oh yeah definitely I can go out I can I can help you out with this and um and put other people's needs before mine and mm-hmm. um but I've stopped doing that and once I stopped doing that like I, I, like I said, I think it cost me a couple of relationships, uh, a couple of uh, friends and relatives who were just like, nope. <laughs> um, but um, I've become much better at putting my own needs ahead of others. It makes me function better in the long run. It makes me a better friend, um, you know, uh, a better mother to my dogs. <laughs> it's like it, it just makes me better if I listen to myself and say, "Hey, no, you know, you're more, you're the most important person in your life, and you need to prioritize what's good for you." Your body is telling you that's not good. Don't do it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's so common with women that we put others first, and yeah, yeah when you're dealing with challenging health conditions, it it, it insists that you put yourself first. I mean, it definitely is one of those. Like a chronic illness is about learning to live with it and and learning to to listen to what your body is trying to tell you. There's always, you know, we're so we're so easily so easily um, swayed to to do other things in life. You know, especially now with all sorts of things, life just pulls you in towards all sorts of directions, and um, and we just forget. We forget that us is where everything begins and and you see it with mothers I mean yeah it's like you say it's it's a it's a a thing that is very particular I think quite particular of women you know the mum that's just pulled in all these directions and you know it's like I say a mum with endometriosis it's my oh my god I can't I can't even conceive of that and there's so many that are out there doing that they're still taking care of their families they are still taking their kids to school and doing everything that needs to be done um, yeah. Amazing. 
Can you share a story about how someone has been supportive of you? Yeah. Um, that's the, the wonderful thing about endometriosis is that it's wonderfully ironic is that it shows you the, the true faces of people and some of those those faces are just su- surprisingly disappointed mm-hmm. and then there's others that suddenly are just like incredibly new and and so 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 supportive I think um my biggest um su- supporter has been my uh my partner for the last year last few years um he's my best friend and he has been a fighter for me like no one else and uh, and i think the time that i that i that i noticed his his support the most and i always remember this was we were at this we're seeing what a doctor i can't remember which one one of many and uh the doctor basically was telling me he he was he wasn't a specialist on endometriosis, and he told me that basically I should get pregnant because that would cure my endometriosis, which is a huge huge misconception, uh, and and it's it's been like proved prove, proven false so many times now, but people still throw that at you, and my partner was there, and he basically turned around to me and just turned to me and just looked at me with this puzzled expression. He was like, but that's not true, is it? It doesn't cure it. Because he, you know, and this was right at the beginning of my diagnosis and and we were reading all sorts of things. And so I had been sending him articles and things like that to read and thinking, you know, just in case. And he was reading them all. Wow. And uh, and suddenly he was just suddenly, you know, very like cross and and, and like confused. And like, why is this man saying this? This is not true. (laughs) Um, yeah, I've got, I've got dozens of stories with, of, 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 of him because he's, because he's brilliant. And, uh, and then I have, you know, um, my friend who, who came to see me with just masses, masses of chocolate after my surgery, just so we could sit down and watch RuPaul's drag race together. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just silly things like that, that, um that make my day is when when you've got endometriosis you honestly you don't need well we we need a lot we just don't ask for it as, again as women we're like oh, no 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 I'll do everything mm-hmm. so I you know we one thing I have I still have to learn to do more is to ask for help and that is my one of my objectives this year is to ask for help and um and so we don't really say much we don't you know you suffer through a bad flare-up people just won't see you they'll be like oh Jessie has disappeared for a week or you know haven't heard from her um and um and that's the thing is that you don't reach out I don't reach out it's my one of my biggest flaws um but so when somebody just shows up to your you know shows up to your front door with at your front door with chocolates and just and doesn't ask anything from you. They're just going to sit next to you and watch RuPaul. Um, just that can just mean the world, and it's the most supportive gesture that anyone can do at that point. Um, so yeah, and and then there's the people that read what I write and and send me a message, 
and um, and let me know what sometimes it's fellow patients, which is always very touching um, because they they give meaning to what I do. It's not easy to write about this disease um, because it affects my life so much. Um, but it's lovely when people reinforce the reason why you do it because it's, it's to help others, it's to spread awareness. But then I also have um, people that are friends or, 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 or just people that I know, acquaintances, uh, that just click on an article I, I share. And they, they're, they don't have endometriosis. It doesn't affect them. Um, but then they'll reach out to me and, and, and just say, hey, I've, I've read your article. Oh, my God, it sucks. Just saying that, it's, it sounds awful. Yeah. Just that is, is so supportive. Uh, I don't think they realize that saying um, it's awful, it sounds awful, means the world to me. Yeah, it's that acknowledgement yeah. of what you're going through. It's so important. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Why is it important for women with endometriosis to have an online community like endometriosis.net? It's, it's important because, I mean, it's essential because there's still very little information out there. Um, so, you know, when you don't know the word endometriosis, you just have a bunch of symptoms. And so you can Google those symptoms. I mean, that is the worst, you know, that is the worst thing anyone can do, <laughs> to Google symptoms. But that's what we all do. We start to Google symptoms. And... Honestly, every time there's an article that says um, this form of cancer um, affects this number of women every year, and then they put the symptoms, and honestly, they're all they're all endometriosis symptoms. It's like it, it's mm-hmm. so. That is the first thing is that if you if you Google your symptoms, you're just gonna you're just gonna go into a panic. Um, the second thing is that um, you you're going to need support, and emotional support is is really important. Not everyone knows how to do it. My partner, he had to learn how to become supportive of this to, you know, because relationships are affected, marriages are affected, and um, it affects your, your, your personal private life so much. So you need to find people that are going through the same thing or who have the same symptoms in order to, to, to feel heard, to feel validated. That is very important. The fact that it was a friend who turned around and told me, it sounds like you could have this. That meant that I went to the doctors with a piece of paper and my own research saying, I think I've got this. Otherwise, I would have just, I probably would have spent an extra two more years, you know, seeing doctors and people go, you know, and until I was very, until I'm very lucky to find a doctor that says, oh, maybe you have endometriosis. Um. So it, it, it really is um, important um, to be able to, to reach out, to be able to, to talk about your symptoms, because maybe it's not endometriosis, maybe it's something different. Um, but because it's, it, this illness is still considered in, an invisible illness, which is a, a word I hate. Um, I think it's an ignored illness. Mm. Um, it's, it's not invisible, it's real. Um, it's very, very real. And um, you're just not going to find, surprisingly, you're just not going to find 
sympathetic doctors that easily. And so you need other human beings. It's like you need a whole army, but you, you are going to need a whole, ar- a whole army. And this day and age, it's easy to find online. And just to, I mean, there's a lovely sense of community as well. I noticed that um, there's a lot of, I, I always love because there's always, there's, there's a lot of, of comments, of posts that are all TMI, you know, I'm sorry, this is too much information, but, and then they start talking about the symptoms and then it's, 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 it, it tends to be a really safe place to talk about what's going on with your body. And you can't ask your neighbor, you can't ask your friend, you know, it's talking about, sometimes talking about things like painful intercourse it's just not something that you can tell your friends over cocktails you you don't want to tell you know just come up with that but then telling a stranger or having a stranger um understand and empathize with that and tell you oh yes I have the same thing and this helped me is so powerful it's life-changing you know the endometriosis online community is 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 wonderful really is yeah. It's been so lovely to talk to you. And <laughs> we're so glad to have you as part of our endometriosis.net community. Thank oh, you. For, thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. And I think it's going to help a lot of women. Yeah, I, I, I hope so. I think that's, that's the reason why I, I do what I do, um, is to hopefully inspire others um, and, and just show that you, you, know, you can live a life. It'll be different. It won't be the life that everybody else is living and and it will be you know to a certain extent limited on, on some aspects but then it can be unlimited on others mm-hmm. and um i've got an instagram account um which is uh, the one girl in 10 and the reason i started this instagram account i'm a very private person and talking about endometriosis is a very private thing um but it's because i want to raise awareness it's because i was so lost for so many years and when I first got diagnosed, there was barely any information. There was nobody that showed me that I could do things. I lost my career. I, I, I couldn't have kids. It was just, you know, it, it's been so, so life-altering and heartbreaking that I hope that I can, in, in my own goofy, weird way, <laughs> inspire other people to just keep going uh, and just keep living your life. And just keep, you know, despite the illness, just wake up in the morning and just go, you know, screw you endometriosis today. You're not going to get the best of me, you know. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful to be given the opportunity is what I'm trying to say, Emily. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. To read Jesse's articles and join the conversation, visit endometriosis.net. You can also find the community on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For additional health communities, visit health-union.com. Thank you for listening to Living With. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving a review as that helps additional listeners find the podcast. Until next time, I'm Emily Downward.